Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Car Wash Magazine Live. As always, I am your host, Matt DeWolf, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine. We've got a pretty sweet show lined up for you guys today. We've got one of our special marketing panel programs for you. Today, we're going to dive into the consumer study that ICA puts out every few years. Here's how we're doing it, guys. We're going to go through the same thing we always do. We're going to do thumbs up, thumbs down, but we're going to take some of the discrete outputs from that consumer study, and we're going to ask real car wash operators how they can use that data and what you can do to get more customers. So buckle up, my friends. Here we go. Okay, so first I want to lay the groundwork for you about this consumer study, right? So ICA does this study every few years. It's been going on since 1996. And when when we do this study, we really focus on four key kind of outcomes. And we're looking at incidents. So how many people are using a professional car wash versus staying at home and washing? We're looking at value. So what does that customer want? What are they looking for in a wash? We're looking at barriers. Barriers like what could you do to get customers to come back to a professional car wash more frequently, that's any kind of professional car wash. And then the last one that we always look at is differentiation. So you guys know what differentiation is, but in the study, that means what are the things that are influencing customer behaviors that might push them to choose one wash over another. So those are the four things that we kind of look at. I'm gonna share a quick couple of facts with you just to just to kind of wet the whistle, so to speak. In the most recent study, we've got 77.5% of those surveyed are using a professional car wash most often. So, okay, great. Thanks, Matt. Awesome number. What does that mean? For reference, back in, gosh, I don't know, 96, I think, is when the study started, 96, 95, yeah, 96. That number was flipped. So you had 52% of survey respondents in 1996 chose to DIY wash their car, where 48% were using a professional car wash most often. So we went like, like this. Woo! So that's a good thing for this industry. That kind of that kind of tells you over the years why we've been growing and uh, why things are good. So that's one fact. Here's another one. So why did we go like this? Why did we do that thing, right? Why did we split? I want to show you real quick. Let's get this up on the screen here so you guys can see it. And this is a nugget from the consumer study here. This is from the, the summer report here. This is showing you what this is kind of reflecting in the study. So look at some of these answers. A clean vehicle makes me feel good. Washing helps protect the value of my vehicle. I want to prevent my vehicle from rusting. A clean vehicle is a good reflection on me. It makes me feel proud. So you guys can see those. Guess what that all comes back to? What do you think that comes back to? It's two things. It makes you feel good and it's car maintenance, right? It's two things. So think about that as we kind of go forward. That's enough of the fun facts for you guys right now. I don't want to give it all away because I see it does sell this study. You can get that at carwash.org slash consumer study, of course. But let's dive in here a little bit with our panelists joining us today to dive in on some of these consumer study outputs. There's everybody on screen. We've got Wade from Breeze Through and from Soapy Joe's and Sam from All American Express. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the program. Hi there. Thank you. Oh, you guys always let me down. Welcome to the program. What up, Matt? 
Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Now we can now we can party. All right. So, you know, you guys are always uh, good sports with playing fun games with me in these shows. So we're going to kick into, <laughs> oh man, my favorite one. Thumbs up, thumbs down, you guys. All right, here's the rules. If you're watching at home and this is the first time, we're going to give everybody about 60 seconds. We're going to answer one question and it's going to be a thumbs up or a thumbs down on whether they agree with it or not and why. So, Wade, you get to kick us off on this one because you are first in the screen next to me. The question on the table today, my wash's name is important. Wade, you're up, my friend. Your start now. Thumbs up, big thumbs, thumbs up. up. All right, tell us why, Wade. It identifies your brand. It identifies your brand. It's very important. As you can see, our logo in the background, Breeze Through. Breeze Through kind of sums up our business model, okay? We want people to get through easy, quick, and fun. That's a tagline we use in some of our advertising. And so Breeze Through really says, this is, this is our business model. You need to breeze through. And if we don't breeze through, if the customers don't breeze through, then we're under-promising on what, what we promise, right? So it's very important. I think one thing is that a lot of people won't recognize the name right off the bat. I saw in the study, it said 39% of people don't really remember the name of their car wash that they go to. That makes sense. When Breeze Through first started, I was around for the construction of the first site. I didn't work for the company, but I worked for a company down the street. And that's how the president, John, knows me. For the longest time, we thought the name of the car wash was $3 car wash <laughs> because that was on the side of the building. It was the hierarchy on the side of the building. And it's very smart to do that, right? Because people will see $3 car wash. The second part of the hierarchy said free vacuum. So they saw $3 for a car wash and free vacuums. And then Breezy was kind of hidden at the bottom, okay? For the longest time, everybody around us said, hey, have you been to the new $3 car wash? But over time, as people, we developed a base and people started to come in, they started to see the logo and they started to familiarize themselves with our colors, color scheme, our name, and that sort of thing. And then now they recognize it as breeze through. And uh, since then, we've opened 10 more sites and we have advertising all throughout northern Colorado and southern Wyoming. So we kind of dominate with the advertising. So if you say the name car wash, or if you say car wash in our markets, people will say breeze through. And so I do think it's important, but getting to people to recognize your name is, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of advertising to do that. And it takes a lot of doing the right things on the site to build that base. All right, so Wade, Wade, what I heard you say is that in your markets, this is a hot take right here, friends. In markets where breeze through is present, they are like the Kleenex of car washing. That is that is what I heard. If you're gonna, you don't go to, you don't go get your car washed. You go get it breeze throughed. Is that is that what we got today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, all right, you all right. I'll, hey, I'll buy it. I'll buy it for a minute. I'll buy it for a minute. Let's uh, move on to Anne. Thumbs up, thumbs down, Anne. My wash's name is important. Yeah, that's a big thumbs up for me. Yeah. Uh, just like Wade and described, it is so important that people know the name of our car wash, and it's something that they remember. Our business model is really based on that membership. So we are looking for people not just to come to us once or when it's convenient as they're driving by, but we want people to come back to us to join as a member and really have that affinity for our brand. In addition to that, we are looking to attract top talent in San Diego, especially as we are in the midst of a high growth cycle. So we want to have that name recognition not only with customers as we're gaining that membership base, but also the employees 
which are going to give that best customer experience and have people coming back. So, you know, I, I'm a big thumbs up on the name is important to me. So we jokes. I like that tie to the the recruitment side and the and the work side, right? Like it's different what the customer needs to see and what, you know, what you need to have out there for getting people to come work for you. That's an interesting take. All right. So we got two thumbs up. Sam, what say you? Thumbs up, thumbs down. My car wash is important. My name's important. Two thumbs up. That's a double thumbs up. All right. So we went we went all all across the board on that one. Sam, why? We're a single site here that uh, we're working on a couple other sites in the area, but we want people, we want to set ourselves apart. We want them to recognize our brand. We're big on customer service. You know, we keep a concierge all the time out on the vacuums to talk to customers, make sure they're happy with their wash, make sure they went out here fully satisfied. We're big on pushing our club membership. Part of the thing we took from the study was a lot of people would sign up for the membership if they knew better value. So we're trying to explain to them the value of the club membership and drive our membership and also recognize our brand to want to come here and not just go to the, you know, competition or anybody they find. We want to really get our brand out there and name so they know how to find us. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So there you have it, friends. That is thumbs up, thumbs down. That's a uh, resounding three thumbs up on my watch's name is important. Okay. So if you've got comments on that and you guys have a different hot take, if you're watching this at home, go ahead and put those in the feed. I want to hear them. This has been over the years, this has been a thing that people talk about a lot when you think about signage and, you know, people say you got to have car wash really big. It's just got to just car wash. It doesn't matter what you're called. You just got to put car wash. Consumer study data might support that. Like Wade said, 39% of consumers can recall the name of the wash they use. Not a great number, but I would say that there's great opportunity in that number. And I think that what folks are doing in the last couple of years every day at their wash in terms of how that customer experience is changing. I think that's a real opportunity to be able to to drive that home for people and make memorable experiences. Keeping in mind that, you know, it's still, <laughs> it'll be slow ticking up, right? 39%, 40%. But for your brand, that can be really important. The other thing, right, as we've moved into unlimited club memberships across kind of the industry here, that's a major, major loyalty driver, right, for brand. And that's when that name matters for sure. But I look at the consumer study data and I have to wonder, what if, what if we could take the non-unlimited members and increase that wash frequency? What might that do to us and how can we do that? So, and I know that you guys have an interesting kind of net member strategy uh, that you all employ. Can you just talk a little bit about what you all might be doing to try to drive both more club memberships, obviously, but also more retail traffic? Yeah, absolutely. My colleagues will laugh because I get to talk about the marketing funnel, which I love to do. But it is one of the key things that we are looking to do on the marketing team is drive those individual users who are looking for a car wash into the sites and then relying on our amazing staff to do what they do and convert those into members. But we're always looking for additional ways that that membership isn't right for them to appeal to a repeat customer on the retail side as well. So one of the things we did this past year is experiment with the UX user experience of our point of sale system itself. And so what we did is change up the flow of the screens on our pay terminals to suggest or bring forward within that flow our five pack, buy five, get one free. So to Sam's point, really drawing on that value, but even if we can't get them all the way to the membership, have that repeat visit by way of that five-pack pass. And by bringing that up in our user experience flow on the pay station, 
we saw more than double digit growth out of that product itself. So just doing something like that, like adjusting the tools that you have on site to appeal to those customers and bring them back for that repeat has proved very successful for us at Sophie Joe's. That's a fantastic testament to not being stuck in what you always do, right? Like taking some risks, playing with the flow of your menu, just kind of seeing and being willing to test that. That's awesome. I mean, good, goodness, you, you think about frequency. If you can take that person who maybe they were only washing twice a year, now maybe they're four times a year, and maybe you get, you get 10% of your people to do that, that's real. That's, that's real. That's real numbers. So Wade, I know that you guys have been very focused around like the experience. Can you talk a little bit about what your funnel looks like? I mean, I can talk about funnels too all day. So can you tell us about your funnel, Wade? Is it blue? Is it red? It's got to be red and black a bit. Uh, purple, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Fluorescent green, whatever. So for the customer experience and retail washes, we staff all of our pay stations. We try to make 100% pay station coverage, but that's very difficult to do. But 32% of the people that come through our wash are retail customers. And so we know that's our opportunity to sell passes and, uh, and that sort of thing. So the other percentage, we still provide a good customer experience. We still need, it's important to still acknowledge the people who are your members because they want to feel special. Give them the thumbs up, give them the smile, let them know that you're there if there's any problems. But the 32% of the people that come through are, that is our opportunity to sell passes. We script our employees and we're not very pushy with our sales tactics. Uh, we figured if we're pushy, then that would turn people off. But that 32%, knowing that number, that allows us to spend more time with the people, make sure we can we can get them in the wash pass if that's what they want, but not do it in a very pushy way. As far as getting retail customers coming through, the site signage on the side of the building is really what pushes that to get more people in. There was a statistic, and I keep flipping my page, I'm looking for it, but it says 75% of people said they first learned about their most frequently used wash by driving by it. And so by keeping that $5 price point on it, that gets people in there. That's that transitional CTA. CTA yeah. stands for call to action, not chemical tire applicator that a lot of people say. <laughs> we're, we're talking branding today. <laughs> that gets people in. And it's up to, like Ann said, it's up to our people. And Sam said as well, up to our people to actually get them on the right plan for the needs of, of their car when they mostly come in. One thing I did want to mention as far as you were talking about kind of transition and retail into unlimited is there's some technology I'll be looking in and in this LPR, you know, there's the idea out there that when people come in and the retail customers, it'll track how many times they come in. And if they say, Hey, you've come in this many times a month, it's way worth the value if you just get the pass because then it's worth the value and you, and you come out ahead. So that's something that's on my radar to look more into moving forward as far as to get retail people to move more into the unlimited wash pass realm. I love that. Hey, we, we, do have a, we do have a question from one of the viewers, Lori from Vertec. Hey, Lori, thanks for the question here. Lori wants to know, are any of you all doing cross-promotion with local businesses? And has it been difficult to find good partners? Maybe even I'll, I'll uh, expand on her question a little bit. What makes a good partner if you are doing that? How do you find one? Whoever wants to go, I'll watch for you and then I'll put you up. <laughs> Well, we've got something fun coming in our market. I would say it's definitely a non-traditional cross-promotion, but we are looking to do our second annual Tunnel of Love Valentine's Day promotion coming up. And we've partnered with a local jeweler to help really extend the shoulders of that, to help us get exposure into their audiences and really create a lot of buzz. So that's a little bit of a non-traditional partnership, but yes, in San Diego, we are looking for those partners in those moments to 
create synergy from a brand perspective. Coming back to the brand name being important, that really helps to have that brand recognition of your name so you can draw the interest from those potential partners. If you don't have that brand equity and don't have that name recognition, it would be very hard to execute on something like that, regardless if it's for a, a fun point in time promotion like I'm talking about with our Tunnel of Love or something more functional like with a tire discount store or something of that nature. So yes, we do. And I think that that all comes back to some of the brand equity that we've built for the Sophie Joe's name. Wait, so... People get married? Yes. Last year, we married 10 couples at our car wash. And this year, we're flipping it on its head. So it's pandemic friendly. We're going to focus on having people propose in the car wash tunnel. So it's going to be really fun. We're giving away a lot of big prizes. And, you know, we do have the love for our brand. And we have engaged our members in the community to the extent that it's weird and wacky, but in a fun way. And they do engage with us there. So, yeah, we're, we're planning some fun stuff coming up in February. That's super awesome. We got it. Cool. I, I expect video. I expect video footage from that on this show sometime after uh, that's all wrapped up. That's awesome. I've seen some things before, right? But we had somebody get married on the show floor floor one year in Las Vegas and by a, an Elvis impersonator. So that was weird. But you, you all, you all are next level in it. That's awesome. What about the rest of you guys? What are you guys doing from kind of cross promotionals? I've got something. It is not necessarily trying to bring in more business. It's more of just the brand awareness. But we. We partner with a uh, local outdoor uh, retailer in town to do a river cleanup. And it's more of just us giving back to the community. And we did it last year. It was a a success. If you go to our YouTube channel, you'll see the video that came from that. It was really good. But we also partner with the uh, Larimer County Search and Rescue here in town. We do a big fundraiser for them. Again, we're not necessarily doing a promotion to sign more passes. We're actually giving back to the community. And that's, that's really, we're, we're very passionate about giving back to the community. And those are two ways that we do that. And I think, you know, a result of that is more sales and more people using our business. But again, if you want to see a couple of videos about those two events, you can go to our YouTube channel and check those out. This is all driving back. Folks watching might sense a theme here. This is all driving back to, does the name of my wash matter? And it does and what you do and, and how you use it. I think, I think it can really matter. Sam, is there anything that you guys are doing with, especially as a operation that's pretty early on here and you're growing from one to two here soon, anything you guys are doing from cross promotion perspective? Yeah, we got a couple of uh, community partners that we've, uh, we work with. So we basically have them on our kiosks. One is a Christian school. The other one is uh, let it be foundation. They help kids with cancer. So anytime somebody can come up, it comes on our kiosk, community partners, if they buy a wash, we give 10% back to that organization on a monthly basis. Also with our wash club program, if they come in, sign up under their coupon code, let it be, or the school program, we give 10% as long as they're a member back to that organization. So they're out there kind of promoting our brand, driving our brand, telling people about the program because they're getting residual income on the more people that come and choose their community partner button. So that's been a real, we were doing a lot of community events and a lot of awareness that way, but that stopped. So they're sending out email blasts on their portfolios, letting people know to visit the car wash because they're obviously getting, you know, residual income from it. So that's worked real well. Got a lot of awareness. We get people driving from longer distances just because they want to support those organizations. So that's been a big driving factor for us. Yeah, it's the long game approach, right? I mean, you can do lots of things with the local restaurants, like one-off sort of things, like maybe you put some coupon books and you kind of cross-promote that way. Or 
I've seen a lot of auto dealerships lately trying to find some partnership synergies with folks, but really the long game here and the customer base, I think, is in the community. And you guys all kind of hit on that a little bit. So I think when you talk about marketing channel partners, really like the strongest and most loyal partners are gonna come from some of that community involvement in those pieces. So let's come back into the flow here. I wanted to get, so Anne, we had Anne talking a little bit about her funnel. Wade talked a little bit about uh, his funnel. I wanna talk, Sam, a little bit about another one of the things in this study, and you hit on it earlier in the program here. Not everybody is really understanding the unlimited value proposition. And so I know you guys are really working hard on that. We've talked about getting some people into the top of the funnel. What do you do with them? And, and where's the value for you from the unlimited perspective? So that's what we're trying to, you know, create that brand. I've seen on the study only 14% of people are in unlimited programs and only 34% of people are aware of it. So if we can, you know, tell the people on site, I like what Wade said about the LPR. If we could track those people and say, hey, you've already been here four times this month. You're better off signing up for the unlimited club. So we're trying to get them. A lot of people are scared to put their cards on file or something because of the fraud and all that you know, stuff that's going on. So we're trying to get them comfortable and believe in that. So we just recently launched a program called Pay As You Go. It's on our app. It's on LPR. You just put your name, license plate, credit card info. You pick what wash you want. And anytime you pull up to the wash, it charges you that one-time fee. But you get the perks of a club membership. You get to go to the club lane. You get to do all that. So it kind of gives them the feeling of being in the club. Well, now if they come wash more frequently because they know it's easy, they don't even have to roll down the window, they don't have to talk to anybody, it only takes, as soon as they come to a complete stop, it reads their plate, the gate opens, they can get the feeling of the club and eventually we're hoping to turn those people into you know future club users because they're already convenient. So they can really go right to their app and buy the unlimited plan for the month and switch out of the pay-as-you-go and be done just with one swipe. So we're trying to you know, find it where, you know, 59% of the people choose a wash that's convenient. So with the app and everything and the touchless communication going on, we're trying to really drive that and bring the value so we can eventually drive them into the monthly membership. I have a little bit of mind blown moment because of this pay as you go concept. And it shouldn't be that groundbreaking really like the concept, but it's really, that's really cool. You guys like, <laughs> where did that come from? Where'd you get that idea? That's part of our uh, wash club. Uh, so it's from Tommy Car Wash System. So in the Wash Club app, that's how we do our monthly membership. And now they've come out with the pay-as-you-go system on there. So the people that don't or they have multiple cars that don't want, want a membership, now they have another option to be completely you know, touchless. I think that's a cool way to help people see the value, totally, of this unlimited program. Because if you're paying as you go and you're seeing, okay, I'm using, I'm using, I'm using it, well, maybe I should be unlimited. Then the customer themselves are seeing that, seeing that activity. That's awesome. Yeah. Every really time they like come, it's going to email them a receipt right away. So they're going to look at their month and go, oh, man, I washed four times already this month. I should have just signed up for the membership. Right. Memberships for everybody. Here we go. <laughs> That's the end game, right? I've got another question from one of our viewers here on Facebook. We talked a little bit about this. If any of you all have any singular points of advice for how to grow members in Unlimiteds, that's the underlying question. Does anybody have just like a one nugget of like one thing I can do right now to grow unlimiteds? One thing. Script your people at the pay station with a very easy and understandable script that they can say to their the people that are pulling up. We have a script, but it's not very, it's not pushy. It's kind of straight to the point. 
And it's just basically, it's, it's very basic. Just ask them if they want to join the plan. Just ask them if they want to join the plan. And if you don't have people at the pay stations talking to customers, you might want to consider making that part of your business model. That's it. I love that. that I mean, that's the easiest thing, right? Put people out there. Right. Even if you put it, it's funny, even if you put them out there and a customer pulls up and you talk about the plan, just because you're standing out there, sometimes they won't even just buy the, the small plan because they don't want you to think they're cheap. They'll get the higher <laughs> plan just because you're standing there. It's amazing. If you just put somebody out there, what a difference it is. And we have numbers that we track all the time. And you can tell when people are not at our pay stations because their sales numbers go down. But when they're just standing out there, they go up. Psychology is strong, my friends. Psychology is strong. I would second that. I mean, for me, I would say put people out there too, but it doesn't even have to be at the pay station. I, I agree with pay station, but I'd also suggest if you have the staff, put somebody in the lot and have them talking to your customers as well. That way you're building that rapport. And ultimately when we did our primary research at Soapy Joe's, we found that when we asked what people were coming to us for membership, we asked about customer service, we asked about wash quality, price and value, location. And the number one thing we scored best on was actually our customer service. So even above wash quality. So we're putting out a great clean, dry car, but even better than that, people are coming to us because there's someone there, they're friendly, they know the product and they're able to sell it. So get out there in your lots in the vac area if you have that amenity and talk to them, see what is relevant for your audience, make sure that that's on offer. And that customer service really goes a long way. You can not only learn what's important to your customers, but just that like way to staying, being out there talking to them and showing a human face, I think really sets you apart from any of the other competitions and makes that unlimited club plan really relevant, useful, and somewhere they want to be. People want to do business with people. And I think if you show that face and, and that friendliness, that you're going to get people signing up for your wash club plans. Nice. Nice. Those are a couple of really good tips for, I'm going to say this name wrong. I'm really bad at saying names. Damani Curley, who just opened a wash in Nashville, Inside Out Auto Spa. So there you go, Damani. Hope that helps. Let's come back real quick. I want to come back. And actually, it was coming up in this advice. We were talking about putting people at the pay stations or putting people on the lot. One of the other key things in the study is this 32% number. 32% of consumers say that that human interaction component is important. And Wade, I know that really resonates with you because that's big for you guys. I want to look at like the negative space of this thing. Okay, so 32% said, yeah, I'm all in on the human interaction. That's important to me. That's what's going to help me choose my wash. 68% don't care. Like they don't need, they don't want contact, right? So how are you all kind of adapting? One thing I should say here, this study was done pre-COVID, okay? So the, that's pre-COVID. So those numbers might be even a little bit different now if you if you look at those from a contactless perspective. But what are you guys doing to kind of adapt in that space? And Sam, can you kind of kick it off for us? We actually have three lanes. Our first lane is a cashier lane, but we also installed a Petro which takes a credit card payment, you know, it's a screen right before the window and then our lane two. And then we obviously have another Petro in lane three. So we have three pay stations in all three lanes as well as our club lane in lane three. So we didn't really use the lane one much because we wanted to have that customer interaction come into the window, talk about the membership. Well, then once COVID hit and we turned that thing on and we kind of had to do our thing, we had everybody stopping at that first lane Petro. Now going forward, you know, we see about 70% of the people will go to the kiosk instead of actually pulling up to the window unless they have a question. So we 
seen customers. We'll see a lot of people like our lane two and three, we'll have four, five, six cars deep and nobody will want to pull up to the window just because they're not looking for that human interaction today because of the whole COVID deal. So I think our kiosks have played a big part when you know COVID hit to give them that kind of staying away from people in the distance. They're starting to use those more and more. And I think they're working very well. Interesting. It's very, very interesting. How about you, Ann? What are you guys doing to adjust? Yeah, I would say as far as how do we appeal to people who may not want to interact, we're really making sure that everything is consistent on a visit-to-visit basis. So we reference something we call the customer journey map, and it goes to everything from the first impression on the site. Is the landscaping clean? Is the lot picked up? And to our signage, is everything crisp? clear, fresh. And, you know, if they don't want to interact with that person at the XPT, that's fine. But we've really done a significant amount of work outlining what each of those touch points are throughout the site on that customer journey. So we can control those experiences, make sure that we're appealing to people who may not want to interact, but still have a good experience that is pleasing, gets them in and out quickly. And one of those things, it comes down to body language too, of the people on site. They may not want to interact with you, but are you using consistent hand motions? Are you, you know, having open body language? Are you not on the phone? I mean, some of the easy things, right? You don't have AirPods in your ears and you're not on the phone. So we're really trying to take a look at making sure that that experience is consistent throughout, which I think appeals to people who may not want to have that interaction with an individual, whether COVID times or regular business. So keeping it tight and making sure our customer journey map is on point. That's a really good point. I mean, really, at the end of the day, not that much changes in terms of how you expect your people to act. Like you still want them to exude that and to show up in the same kind of like way they would even if they were interacting. That's really great. Really great counsel there. Wade, I feel like you've got some good thoughts on this one. My thoughts uh, and what we're doing is the same as Ann. I mean, it's, you know, she used the, uh, she said customer journey map. I love that. You know about that. That's probably a future show, I'm guessing. For us, it's a training and as a coaching piece, right? Part of what we do is to prepare people for the future. And it's always been part of our process at the pay stations is if somebody doesn't want to talk to you, back off, but still apply that friendly piece. And the friendly piece is, oh, hey, it looks like you're taking care of the transaction yourself. My name is Wade. If you have any questions, I'll be right over here. And you just leave them with that, that touch point of my name, that personal connection, being professional and friendly. And that resonates with them. But you're still kind of accomplishing, hey, I don't want to be bothered. Don't mess with me. And I think it's deeply disturbing that society is going the direction of, of always being on their phone. They want to interact on their phone. All this is alternative reality. It doesn't make any sense. you know. And it's very disturbing for us. But that's what we're doing. you know. And it's just coaching and saying, hey, listen, that person didn't want to interact. But you can still apply our values by saying these things. And that's the approach that we're taking. I know there's technologies out there that, that say, hey, let's do more touchless pay. Let's do more stuff on the app. And that's not something we're looking at yet because it's not, it's not our business model. So the answer to your question is coaching and training and sticking to our values. I think you just hit on another future show for us, which is uh, how do you take... How do you take that human interaction element and make sure that it's coming through on the technology side where a lot of people are right now? Because that's going to be really important. But I do think that even if, I mean, I'm the guy that goes to get my hair cut, right? And I don't want to talk. Like, I'm like, just, can you just like get it done? I don't want to do the small talk thing. Like, just do the service. I'm good. But I still notice, right? Like, I still can pick up on what that person is doing and what that experience is like. And 
it still makes me come back. I mean, even if they, even if they, you know, <laughs> want to talk about my kids and I don't feel like it that day, that's okay. I can tell that they're putting forward that effort and that that's important to their company. So future show, uh, how to make human interaction come through in technology. You mark my words, friends, it, it'll happen. Okay. I like to wrap these shows with uh, one piece of kind of key advice from, from each of you. So we're going to get to that point in the program here. We're going to kick off with Anne on this one. And well, let's see, what is one thing, and let's keep this kind of focused, I guess, around theme of this show is kind of research, but it was really about getting more customers and keeping more customers. What's one thing that I can do today to make people want to come back to my wash? Well, for us, you know, coming back to the data, we do our own studies and really saw that our amenities are what appeal to our customers. So if we think back to the marketing funnel, we've acquired them, we've brought them in, we've converted them, but now we want to keep them. And what we have found is really resonant with our customers is number one, our vacuums and our microfiber towels. So having those fresh laundry towels and having an abundance of vacuums available for people is really key for them in seeing that value in Sophie Joe's and coming back. So for us, having those amenities on point, having the abundant clean towels, having those vacuums functioning, no blockages in the hoses, you know, all of that amenity side of the customers has been a key way for us to keep those people. So reading the data, understanding what's important, but then most important to that, doing something about it. So making sure that we're tied in with the ops team on that front. And that was awesome advice. All right, so let's go down the line. Who do I want to have go next? How about mm, Sam? We're trying to, you know, have the greatest car wash experience when they come here. So we want them, you know, to recognize that. So we made these little uh, air fresheners here, got our logo on it, phone nice. number on there. So we're giving those out to all our wash club members, all of our customers. And it goes back to the brand that we talked about in the beginning. It's got our logo on it. You'd be surprised how many people you see driving around town have those hanging from their rear view mirror. You know, so they're, they're displaying them out there, basically advertising for us. And now that we're kind of giving them away, you know, they'll stop, ask them. But it also gives us a talking point for our employees out in the vacuum lot. We try to go up to each customer and engage with them, make sure they're happy with their wash. If they weren't happy, you know, we'll give them a rewash, but we'll give them a free air freshener, talk to them and try to make them leave here feeling good that they talk to somebody. So that's what we're trying to do is everybody that comes on site, make sure they have the greatest car wash experience possible. I love that. I love that. It always comes back to experience. Wade, one thing I can do today to make people want to come back to my wash tomorrow outside of like damage the car. Cause then they'll come back for sure. Yeah. This one's an easy one for me. And uh, you, I know you're always going to ask this question. So <laughs> Uh, I'm going to always have kind of a consistent answer here because consistency is important. I guess, hey, consistency is what keeps people coming back, but that's not part of my answer here. So this is easy. For us, we just need to deliver on our brand promise. Our promise is to provide an easy, quick, and fun experience, and we do that by being professional and friendly. That is our brand promise, and we need to do that consistently every single time to make people want to keep coming back to our business. I think we've done a pretty good job over and over the years, and that's why we have the base we do, but that's what keeps people coming back. There you have it. You got a microphone today. You want me to drop it? Yeah. <laughs> you brought it today. Yeah. Now you no, Now you have it. Yeah. Great. There it goes. Yeah. This is the way, right? That's, that's the thing. I was looking for the Mandalorian line. To say. <laughs> I've spoken. Don't use uh, big words around me. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I, 
Okay, before before this goes off the rails here, thank you so much for spending some time today. Those of you at home, thanks for watching. If you want to get more information about the consumer study, you can do that at carwash.org slash consumer study and just kind of look into it yourself. If you want to get some of those reports, those are available. Like I said, one of the key things about the report this year, it's got all the great data in it that you would always expect to see, but it went a step further and actually breaks it into like by wash model and by region. So those are interesting components to the report this year that you might be interested in. So thanks to the marketing panel for joining us, guys. Thank you so much. Give yourselves a round of applause and a, and a woo-woo. Yay! Yes! I just like to get people to like say woo-woo. But <laughs> All right. Well, until next week, friends, when you're out there, there's only one thing that you've got to do, and that's keep it clean. Car Wash, the podcast, is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free, on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.